0: This is Real Talk. Hi there. I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniachi, creatrix and founder of The Happiness Clinic. I'm the world's premier nerd on communication and relationship dynamics, helping make relationships easier by showing you how to get out of your way, how to get more of you in your life so that you can be happy as fuck. Hi there. It's Dr. Joyla Maniaci and welcome to Power Hour. This is your time for coaching, to ask your questions, get some extra support in between your sessions. And let me also just start by saying there has been very high squirrel activity on the premises. And so if you hear some crazy barking, it's just uh, my dog letting me know that we are in grave danger. Uh, But we will push through and and go beyond. Also, I was uh, going through some of the group and I got a notification that someone liked one of my posts and I recognized That was over a week old and that's my bad I really do need to be better about posting on the regular So I'm going to pick up and do better so that you know, I'm here in between power hours so cuz I'm here for you I want to be a resource for you a reason for inspiration uh, inspiring you to gratitude all the good stuff that that moves us forward so today I am actually speaking to a whole lot of things coming in coming through and one of the things I talk about and I've talked about it before Is emotional addiction and I'm going to talk about it in a slightly different term and use uh, the term emotional distraction and I get a lot of this information from access consciousness they were the first uh, group body of knowledge that I had ever heard talk about emotions this way and it is very similar to emotional addiction in that what it is doing to us physiologically in a lot of ways is hooking us into a cortisol loop and cortisol is a stress hormone so a lot of us know it as something bad but what cortisol is absolutely essential for is staying alive so that when we get this rush of cortisol a lot of times there's that rush of adrenaline with it and that's what makes you you know feel like oh I just got this rush of energy and a lot of us do that find some way to keep that going so Um, like some people use a cup of coffee in the morning and then they might use Facebook for the rest of the day to keep them amped and we do this without really knowing it because again it's subconscious and instead of enlivening ourselves enriching ourselves and uh, being aware of our energy levels choosing healthy food choices exercise and things like that We fall into patterns, get conditioned to a certain chemical baseline, and uh, with the drive of reality, with a lot of completely impractical work systems and school systems, we won't go there, uh, we use cortisol as our drug of choice. Because it's available all the time and other people are annoying and we can use them as fuel so that's kind of what I'm getting as far as the way that distractions and addictions come together but emotional addictions are what uh, access consciousness refers to them as distractor implants that is actually an implanted program into the system that allows us or promotes the use of emotions this way and a distraction is exactly that it's taking your focus off of something to put it somewhere else in a place that diffuses and dilutes our energy our priority so it takes our attention off of one thing puts it onto another now what makes it a distraction and goes into addiction and the reason that it is not beneficial is because it only serves itself it doesn't actually inspire action so if you think about our bodies our systems life here on this planet is such an amazing experience and emotions there are no good or bad emotions at all at all so there's no need to judge what you're feeling what they are designed to do is move us into action they are emotions they are working to get us into motion that is the function of them they are the bridge between this electrical thought stuff they are the chemical drivers that get us then to move and when we move and go into motion and take action we start to metabolize the chemicals that are the emotions and then the process is complete now, when there is a traumatic experience, there is such a rush of chemical um, emotions that it, it tends to flood the system and we don't metabolize them all the way. And I have a friend and she always says the issues are in the tissues. That's when, when we get traumatized, those chemicals don't, we, didn't, we probably froze fight fight or freeze a lot of us then got into the frozen state and and tend to keep going there that's what ptsd does a lot of times is it puts people into that that pattern response but it doesn't complete the process all of those chemicals are there they haven't been metabolized so they just kind of get stored in places now happily for us physically we have almost an inexhaustible ability to create fat and so, that a lot of times our extra padding is our body's way of creating a place for those chemicals to go, so that because um, it doesn't have time to deal with them, we're not moving. So, that's a lot of how the emotion and physical come together. Now, emotional distractors are those emotions that only loop onto themselves. So that even if you complete a cycle, you only have more of what you started with. These are blame, shame, guilt, regret, anger, rage, fury, hate. Because anger actually has several different things that it could be. Sometimes it is a distractor and that's when it gets more into the raging fury kind of anger so when we get into these distractors they just loop onto themselves so let's say you're in the 90-day relationship remodel program and you're becoming aware that a lot of the issues and the shit that you're dealing with actually is from your parents thanks mom and dad so you can easily go into blame and it's easy to blame somebody else or look to blame somebody else I think that is part of the pandemic right now is blame And with the United States going into a presidential election in just a couple of months and with the upheaval, uh, we'll say, the chaos of what is happening with the Supreme Court and how that's going to come out, there is such a proclivity and seeming attachment to blame someone else for how things are. And even if you blame someone, even if you have an airtight case and lots of evidence, and you can get everybody to agree with you that, yes, they are at fault, what do you have? That's it. You just have blame to hold on to. It's what you went after, and it's what you have at the end of the loop. It just got you back to where you started. It's like a dog chasing his tail. The same with shame and guilt there are times when to feel remorse is appropriate you recognize that what you have done what you have said some behavior is detrimental to yourself or another person and recognizing that choice and and how it was not beneficial that it added fuel to a fire that it was detrimental to a system or a person There will be remorse and grief. Those are emotions that will move us to apologize, make amends, and attempt to reconcile. And then actually examine ourselves and reflect on what it is so that we can change so that we don't do that again. Guilt and shame generally don't do that. They tend to paralyze us and keep us in that loop. Because the guilt and the shame, they... They are so low vibrations that they are so heavy that a lot of times they actually become oppressive. And then all we can do is ruminate on that about how bad we were, about how wrong we or the situation was. And it doesn't actually get us to move to create a change. So it becomes a distractor and... There are movies. There are people that you know who have been living in guilt and shame for years and You can see that their body ages and they've accumulated some experience through the years But they haven't really changed as a person and that's what happens when we get caught in distractory loops for a long time Now the same will happen with anger rage and fury and hate is you just you can see it. I've done this this was I would rather feel anger than disappointment or sadness or hurt or grief because those seemed to me so unappealing that anger still had this energizing effect to where I didn't feel so powerless or so uh, sunk, stuck at the bottom. And so I would go to anger and I would go to anger, but you just get amped up, which is to me better than feeling depleted and sad. So, I'd, I'd get this amp, but then at the end of that, it would just keep looping on itself until I actually just plain got exhausted. And then, like, the Energizer Bunny just... And then, when the Energizer Bunny got back up, then he had lots of collateral damage. Or, shall I say, she. She had lots of collateral damage that she had to then clean up. Lots of sorries, lots of amending, um, lots of uh, having to choose to then not go into blame and shame and regret uh so you can see how these distractors then can even uh put you into a different distractor and then when we're in there all we are doing is reacting to emotions we are not taking action to create a different outcome we're just sort of stuck looping and swooping in between those and we are just uh either swirling messes emotional basket cases this is the high maintenance um but very reactive and very up and down and it is exhausting it is depleting so a lot of people who are dealing with fibromyalgia chronic pain uh chronic fatigue those things there sometimes will be a physical component ebv virus uh, epstein bar but sometimes the energetics that are the platform that all of those things are riding on is our emotional reactivity and so just to drive this point home that if we're talking about physiology this is what we call a positive feedback loop to where each step actually promotes the next step and promotes the step before it so the cycle keeps going it's like a flywheel these are inherently unstable patterns that's why there're not many of them in the body the two that are the most easily to be pointed out to is pregnancy and lactation it's only because you're actually needing something to keep something else alive to keep this being alive we have more negative feedback loops because they are more stable and the reason that they're called negative is because when the level of a chemical and enzyme uh substrate or something gets to a certain point then there's a feedback that actually tells that system to slow we've reached what we've metabolized and done what needs to get done now we come back to homeostasis it's a much more stable system it's not negative in that it's bad it's negative in that it's okay we got there now slow down we're done the positive ones keep going, keep keep looping and keep spinning on each other. Absolutely necessary for the creation of life. Absolutely fundamental. So they have their places. But just know that positive feedback in the way of emotional distraction, emotional addiction is an inherently unstable uh, mechanism system. And we know it. We know it because we feel it. We live it. We're living with this fatigue. We're living with constantly picking up the pieces of our emotional overreaction. Or of trying to stuff in a reaction and holding it in until we can't anymore and then it blows up. And what's more is we get so used to functioning this way, we actually use a lot of other things that aren't even emotions to get us there. Relationships business and careers those can also become distractors and that how many of us and I know I have done it I work with clients all the time that do this they make the relationship the distractor coming up with the pros and the cons list do I stay or do I go as if that is the choice that's going to make everything else flow And as long as that is the thing that makes everything else flow, that other half of the relationship, that other person, you are riding them hard because your future depends on it. It is an unstable system and it's really unhealthy. The same with business and career of am I in the right? Am I doing it right? All of these things, we just start, if you pay attention to where you are in your body when these are happening, you're up here you're not really connecting to your heart, you're not connecting to your breath, and you're not actually generally moving in a way that would facilitate the metabolism of these chemicals and actually move you into a directed action that will bring more clarity and and work to the outcome that you would like to have. That's the problem. Other emotions that go into that jealousy, and obsessive-compulsive, where you just loop and you get onto this idea or thought and then it becomes its own loop. Pay attention to where you are in your body. And if you're up here, that is a good signal that I'm actually in a distraction loop. That means I'm not actually creating. I'm not generating. I'm not really, in some ways, I'm going to use this, I'm not living. Because I'm not creating life. I'm not choosing. I'm just looping. So how do you get out of that like do we have any questions I often don't break for questions because I am so I just get on my roll but if you got questions definitely stop me. so that whole thing is just to say something that you probably already know is this is an unstable system it's unsustainable as far as this is not the life that I would like to have it's very fatiguing it's depleting and it's definitely not a creative Cycle it only cycles and loops to itself. So even when I win I lose because what I won was a thing I didn't want in the first place. And that's a lot of the fights that we have, especially politically. I see a lot of people fight for that bottom position. I'm the worst off. I'm the most underprivileged. I'm got all the cards stacked against me so that even if you win you are top loser. Is that really what you'd like to have in your life? When it comes to jealousy and living your life based on jealousy, and I know he's cheating, I know he's doing this, even if you're right, what do you get? Is that really what you'd like to have? When it comes to blame, even if you're right, what then? you remain powerless because you have to get that other person to agree with you. And let me tell you, if you're pissed and you're blaming them, your communication's probably not going to be the one that's actually opening them to self-reflect and examine if they are the ones who have caused hurt. Now, when it comes to shame and blame and and guilt and regret, you are the biggest problem. You are the worst person in the world. So even if you're right, what do you get? It's time to start examining and and using this adult brain that we have to say, hey, wait a minute. Maybe this isn't what I want to be fighting for. Maybe this isn't where I want to be putting my attention. (laughs) So how do you get out of that? you have to break the cycle. It's a loop, so you gotta break the loop. How do you do that? The fastest way is to ask an empowering question. I'd say just ask a question, I used to do that, but here's the question I used to ask. What's wrong with me? Not the one I want the answer to really, because the universe will answer it. I got a lot of information about what was wrong with me, but that pretty much kept me in the same place. Do so you ask an empowering question, a loop stopping question, a cycle breaking question. Um, some examples just to throw out there, what else is possible here? Because a lot of times we just get into this cemented, entrenched, it's the rut. We get stuck and we just get that synaptic rut of this is how things are going to go. If this means this, means this, means this, and then that's it. This, and you did this, and I saw this, and that means this, and so that's the end of it. And we just, we have done that so many times, that is... That's the sequence that's gonna hit, bing, 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 bing. It's like, you know, a pinball sequence and ding, 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 ding every time. So you gotta get out of that. What else is possible here? What is really going on here? A lot of times when we are in judgment, when we are in these distractors, this is how much we can actually see. There is a whole lot going on outside of my blind spots here, but I can't see it because all I'm looking at is for how it's your fault. How it's not my fault or how it is my fault why I am the worst person and I deserve to be uh, without happiness or money for the rest of my life whatever it is this is what I'm looking at this is what distractors do because they are judgment so there's a whole lot out here that's actually available and possible so if we ask what else is possible We might go from this to this and be able to see a little bit more. If we ask for what's really going on here, we might even actually move our head and be like, what is really going on here? Because if there is one thing that we can trust is that there is more than one thing going on at any one given time. This pandemic to me is clearly the epitome of that as far as i myself love to be a scientist and occam's razor and the simplest explanation is the right one so what is it let's distill it it's this is what's going on but the more and the longer that's been going on there is more than one thing going on with this the earth is getting some regeneration the earth is calling some shots i'm glad she's finally pulling some rank there is a lot of political people trying to make heads of tails or tails of heads And then there's me. What am I gonna say and do about it? I get a say in how I'm going to respond. And I don't want to go into fear and panic because I have done that in a lot of other different situations in my life and saw how Oh, I wasn't very happy during that. So how can I be happy anyway? That's what I've been working on doing. So it's and and then asking what is really going on here? A lot of what I get when I ask that question is, it's not done yet, relax. Still in progress, you know, like that little, I call it the beach ball of death on my Mac. But it's like, the, the thing is still spinning. This isn't done. I don't know exactly what everything's going on, but I know that it's more than one thing. Some of it I can have some control in how I respond, and some of it I don't. And some of it is there is nothing actually to do here because it's still in the middle of something. And so then what I can do then is, here's the other empowering question. Oh, I just let into that. How would I like things to go or turn out? And then what can I do? What action can I take to promote this favorable outcome? It is not trying to get everyone else to agree with you. That will make you angry that is what we are doing politically is what a lot of us have done in relationship it's what a lot of us learned and know how to do as far as it's okay for us to be happy if other people are happy with us now if that isn't a system designed for failure or unhappiness all the way around I don't know what is whenever we put our happiness in someone else's hands we no longer have power of our own lives as long as we absolutely require an external validator whether it be someone complimenting us someone telling us how much they appreciate us or saying thank you whether it's having someone agree with us for me in my life recently there was a time when I was small I was a victim of abuse And I needed, literally, someone to stand up for me because I was small. Now, here's the two thing: little kids are powerful. I actually, had I been willing to be as bold and audacious as I am in this big body, to say, fuck off, you know this is wrong, and scream my bloody lungs out. But that's not what I chose I didn't see that as an available option because what they were telling me they would do if I did choose to do that and there was a lot of manipulation there I would have loved for someone to stand up for me it didn't happen so then in my adult life there have been times where I'm still looking for someone to have my back and stick up for me and say something and I I was generally very upset disappointed and miserable if that didn't happen because that was the external validator that I was requiring to see if someone truly loved me and there's one thing of hey I would still like that that would that would show me caring and at the same time also recognizing that everybody's got their own battles to fight their own ways of looking at things there are ways of supporting me even that maybe that's not what they were choosing and but i was blind to all that and then i was mad and unhappy because that didn't happen so do not create an external outcome that says and when this happens then i'll know it happiness is an inside job your ability to be happy is present in any moment in any circumstance And we know this from people like Anne Frank and Viktor Frankl, who have gone through some of the worst experiences in the world and continue to have a positive attitude throughout, that it is possible and available. Let's shoot for that, okay? And then if it's not, uh, I'll know my husband loves me when he puts the toilet seat down every time, or we could also ask, hey, how is he loving me in ways that I'm not seeing? Because something might be there that we're just not seeing ask an empowering question and what allows you to be happy anyway and if I want the toilet seat down guess who's got two hands who can flip that sucker down I can okay so don't go personalizing things that may or may not be personalized don't require external validation and put your happiness in the behavior of someone else because then you're powerless and that alone will make you unhappy And Then also highly highly critical of that other person which then makes them less likely to comply or give you what you'd like Don't shoot yourself in the foot Here's some other questions. Am I in reaction or Action here. Am I responding or am I being reactive? Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference Especially when we're just starting to break out of these patterns. So ask and then how do I get out of reaction here? Also a great question now trust me I know that when we're starting to do this it's uh, it's hard to remember to ask a question as soon as you ask it things start to shift be grateful whenever you remember to use your tool that you had a tool and that you used it resist the temptation to judge yourself for not using it sooner for not using it at all the judgment will just keep you there longer here's your tools i'm saying them i will continue to say them that's what coaches are for to remind you that you've got tools in charged situations and here's how you use them because when you're in charged situations we go into habits because that's how we know how to survive it's okay come out of judgment of that it's not about fault. It's not about right. It's not even about being late or timing or any of that. It's just use what you've got available. And and the more you do that, it will become easier and easier to choose in those charge moments until that actually becomes your habit to where somebody is going to look you in the eye and say, I've never liked you. I can't believe I think you're the dumbest person I've ever seen. And you will be able to Take a breath and put a space in between the stimulus and the response. And maybe even in that breath time to be like, how would I like to respond here? What is the most loving for me? Is it to actually say something or is it to walk away? And then it's actually conscious choice. Now, that does not mean that from that point on, it will come out wrapped in a bow or go just the way that you like it. But that moment of emotional mastery is sadly such a hard sell, but there is so little that actually tops the high of that. Of when you look at a habit, you've seen where you've gone into that direction without thinking before, and at this moment, you actually had the presence to ask a question. That is like if, if you could be in a cartoon moment, and and the lights would shine down and glitter would fill your hands and doves and birds would chirp and The Sun would shine and you might even get a little halo just to be like I just did that That's actually how amazing it feels. It really does. So it's totally worth it so We're asking empowering questions The other thing to do is this meat suit here it is such a freaking phenomenal ally in this earthly experience that we're having it is so helpful to move and get things out of the subconscious where they're not available for question you are being driven into the conscious where then you actually have choice available and you can become the director and the one at the wheel so what you have to do and what the body can do because this thing is so intrinsically interwoven with your subconscious this this kind of actually is a subconscious suit So that if you need to get the attention of the subconscious you just engage this it's like engage activate. How do you do that? Several ways You can change your posture A lot of us have a powerless stance. That would be I call it the jumbo shrimp when we're at our computer. This is one It decreases our oxygen capacity. We're not actually getting as much oxygen to lungs We were putting our head forward posture that actually changes our vascular so our blood flow to our brain so many things you can actually just put your shoulders back if you stand with your feet about hip width apart and your hands on your hips you stand like that you will actually raise your testosterone levels not to the extent that you will go and mess up anything but just to the extent that testosterone is a hormone that is associated with confidence so that if you can give yourself that boost you have a confidence boost this here hands over head This is the victory pose. This is a victory gesture. This is intrinsic. What do I mean? Blind children will automatically put their hands in their air in a a gesture of triumph. And why is that important? They've never seen anyone else do it sometimes i like to use this one when everything is going south and i do feel like a hot mess like i'm in the handbasket that's on the way to hell and i say you know what i'm gonna come out of this a winter i don't know how and sometimes just this gives me the pause that i need to say hey i still have the ability to choose from here on out one time and i wish i could say it was more but just one time i remember doing that and the first thing i did was apologize because i was out of line There are probably many, 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 many more times that that should have been the action that I took as soon as I did that, but I didn't. But hey, at least I chose this and I said, okay, something else is possible and I'm going to decide what it is. Sometimes this is what will allow us to put us into an empowering question and say, oh yeah, that's what I can do. I can win by asking a question that's going to give me information for how this can turn out greater than I can imagine from where I am right now. So use your posture. Move this thing around in a way to get it into a thing, uh, a manner of being, of standing, of holding itself that says, I've got this. Your breath. Your breath in here, in your brain, has both voluntary and involuntary control because most of us aren't thinking about this on the day-to-day, but we are still alive, so that means it's been happening the entire time. That's the involuntary thing. Involuntary will also, when we're in fight or flight, go shallow, rapid, because that's how it does when it gets with those stress hormones. If we take voluntary control of our breathing, we immediately get the attention of our subconscious because it says, oh, somebody else is in control. What's going on? To a large extent, I do believe that is the one of the main benefits of smoking is it changes people's breath patterns. You can do this without a cigarette in your hand. It's as easy as this. I actually just, that that head to toe is absolutely different right now. Do that with me, please. I invite you, just take a deep breath in. I like to inhale through my nose and blow out like I'm blowing out a birthday candle because it slows the exhale. There actually is zero you cannot do it wrong. As long as you're taking control, you can even go and and amp it up, you know? You can do that. It's as long as you are taking voluntary control, you are saying, "Hey subconscious, wake up. I'm I've got this. I'm driver now." It's coming out of autopilot, you know, you turn it off and I got the, I got the wheel. That's what you're doing. I like the long and slow just because it actually does create a, promote a relaxation feeling. But play with it. I'm actually going to try that rapid breath. I mean, my dog does it, so there's got to be some benefit to it because he is, he is zened out. He can fall asleep at a moment's notice and then be up and ready to get squirrely also at a moment's notice. So he's got some, some highly tuned uh, instincts there. So let's play with that. The breath voluntary and involuntary control once you take voluntary control you get the attention of the subconscious that means you have switched off autopilot use that to your benefit eye movement is another one we have so much uh, subconscious control meaning unconscious control of our eye movement the way that our eyes move when we're speaking where we look for information that actually happens Automatically, where we look and, and the, how the eyes move in tandem to get downstairs or upstairs, that happens automatically. You can actually eye movement is such so linked to the brain and the subconscious that you can get the subconscious's attention by changing where you look. You can either blink really fast because that'll change it almost look like a strobe light. do if you have seizure disorder, I wouldn't encourage that one. but you can blink really fast. And then that shows, hey, oh, something's changing here. You can look in different directions. I don't know if you can tell I'm looking back and forth, you know, or up or down, you know, really fast. But it's, it's just taking control of something that is normally under subconscious control. And you get the attention of the subconscious and say, we're off autopilot right now. Now I am asserting power. I'm bringing to consciousness what is happening right now. And I'm calling the shots from here. And this is super, super important because it just it unlocks you so that you're not being driven anymore. You become the driver. Another one that you can do just to sort of get into your body is tactile sensation. Um, this one here, especially if you do, I I struggle with I'm I'm an empath. So the emotions come hard, hot, heavy, fast. And a lot of times still, they feel really overwhelming and I feel like I have to do something lest I am just crushed by a tidal wave or I sometimes I feel like like it's lightning from the inside out and I'm just going to burn to a crisp. I mean, they sound like exaggerations, but that's how intense it'll get sometimes, especially if I'm pissed. So I've been working on how to handle intense emotions and here's... Uh, mind blower, if I actually do nothing I don't spontaneously combust. So that if I actually just did nothing, said nothing, that actually will dissipate on its own. Now what helps for that to be a little bit easier to take? The breathing will help. Um, Shaking, dancing, doing some kind of motion that is intentional will help metabolize those chemicals. Uh, unfortunately, I still have not completely mastered not saying anything. So I'm also having to work tandemly with getting a lot better at apologizing because sometimes I just can't hold it in. But I am getting better at that. I am noticing because that is my intention is to not be the one who's driven, but be the driver that I'm getting better at that. It's not quite as fast as I'd like. But hey, we're, we're making progress, progress. Did you know progress is actually what makes us happy as human beings? So there's a happiness and a delight with just making progress. Perfection is not what makes us happy. It's the the progress. But anyway, getting back to how to handle this tactile motion. They will actually do this with pregnant women is to rub the forearm. It's a very soothing sensation. The tops of the thighs work as well. That if you are intentionally, this is a self-soothing. Think about doing this maybe instead of taking an M&M Or a drink of alcohol or chocolate cake or ice cream or whatever just try this for a couple of seconds 30 seconds to a minute before and see how that is this is soothing this is you saying I'm here with you I'm loving you this is you being here for you and it's actually just a very lovely gesture now I actually watch I don't know if you ever saw the TV series the Americans was that on Netflix or was it Amazon Prime. I don't remember. Russian spies living in America. So is it the, you know, 70s, 80s, Cold War times, great fashions. Um, But, you know, she was talking to her daughter, you know, when they were finally telling her who they really were. Um, and how they would sometimes deal with situations because you can imagine as a spy living as someone else, sometimes you get into weird situations and how they remembered who they really were and that things were going to be okay is they just did this. They rubbed their, their index and thumb together. And it's just a matter of putting intention and you getting in touch with your body and saying, I'm here, here's where I am. And then you get a level of presence that you didn't have before. So using your body is an instrument of consciousness as Dr. Joe Dispenza. I like how he says that. It it really is. This meat suit is like your best friend, your ally, and your pet. I know I spent a lot of years fighting it and blaming it and accusing it of being my worst enemy, being the reason that I was selected for abuse, being the reason that things weren't going the way that I wanted, and it wasn't true. And now I have such gratitude for it because it put up with a whole lot of abuse I was very abusive to this with the amount of exercise that I would make it do and the amount of crap that I would shove into it uh, when it was already full that's just meanness it was not kindness and I was mean to it for a long time but now we're have a much better relationship so when I talk about remodeling your relationship your body gets included with that because a lot of times I mean this is so intrinsic to who we are on this earth experience that It it gets incorporated, it gets included, and this meat suit is so happy to be included because it has a consciousness of its own. This is like an awareness of awareness suit. And for us empaths who have such finely tuned nervous systems, sometimes it feels like a burden sometimes but once we start to understand how to use this it's like a utility belt it's just like oh that's what it's telling me that's cool and yes there will be a lot of extraneous information of hey thanks for letting me know you're just that in tune i don't have to do anything with that now and then we actually start to understand that is a choice information nothing to do with it not mine to deal with nothing i could do to change this right now Letting that go, letting that pass through. And then saying, you know, becoming curious about, because we know there's a time when we kind of had the spidey sense and we thought something might not work or maybe it would work and we didn't choose it to get more finely tuned into that. So we have more ease and uh, greater capacities for how to use this. It, It really is fun. It is fun. And I mean, just think of the things that this, this meat suit can do that you can't do on other planes and in other realms you can see the sunset because you've got these retinas here and they can perceive all these amazing beautiful colors which I am rainbow bright and I love colors it actually has made my gratitude list multiple times colors I just I love colors and I can see them I can perceive them because I've got these eyes and we've got the visible light spectrum here you can smell roses or dandelions, I don't think they really have a smell. You can smell things because of this this meat suit. You can hear music. Music is something that's available here because of this this thing. And then it all goes up here and it gets translated and it and then it connects with the emotions and it's just freaking phenomenal. So I would encourage you to do a gratitude list and start getting curious about your body and and when your body and when you hit your gratitude list ha oh, it is such a game changer and and really why would we not have gratitude for this magical meat suit and for ourselves and our embodied experience here and our ability to break generational pain patterns To be able to ask empowering questions. What's really going on here? What else is possible? How would I like this to turn out? What action can I take to promote a favorable outcome? How can it turn out greater than I can imagine? To ask those things and then to have this meat suit backing me up and being like, I think I'm stuck in autopilot. What can I do? I can blink really fast. I can stick out my tongue. I can throw a victory gesture. I can put my hands on my hips. I can... Take a deep breath. You've got an ally and it's built in and it's attached to your consciousness and it adds its own consciousness and that's amazing. That is amazing and it helps us get out of emotional addiction patterns, to get out of distraction loops that only put us back where we started. It's, it's. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Van Wilder it's like a rocking chair it gives you something to do but it doesn't get you anywhere that's what a distraction loop is it gives you something to do and a lot of people find entertainment a sense of identity even in the intensity of the distraction and how they can pull social support and enlist people and and suck people into this emotional distraction but at the end of the day nothing changes nothing gets created and more and more I I really am prioritizing happiness and a future of happiness and another thing that I would love to see more of is kindness and my sister had I think one of the most it was like she defined kindness how she was explaining kindness to her daughter Is that if you do something that creates more work for something else, that is not kind. When you do the work that's required of you so that somebody else's life can move through and continue with greater ease, that is kindness. And I think we all really know that that includes our emotional work. That when we don't want to pull up our big girl pants and we just want to sulk, we actually create more work for somebody else we a lot of times expect or implicitly demand somebody else to stop what they're doing and show support for us just like I was doing when I was wanting someone to stand up for me and have my back and kind of tapping my foot and being like is anybody gonna do that for me that's ridiculous it's demanding it's not kindness it's not even kindness for me because then I'm at the effect of someone else and what they chose it puts me in a powerless position and then it's a demand or expectation that puts strain on a relationship and makes them perhaps do more work than they really needed to do. Now, if they feel moved to do it and they show up for me that way, that's a win-win. But it's most likely going to come when I don't have the expectation and when it actually aligns with what they need to create or choose for themselves. Then it's just a a delight and a surprise. Um... Where was I going with this? But the kindness, and and I know I have done it. When I have, I haven't shown my emotional mastery. And I have said that snarky thing and started the whole fight over again when it could have been an end. I created more work for my partner. He has done the same to me, but are we doing it tit for tat? No, what I would like is more kindness on the planet. So I have to put it there. That means I am responsible for my work now I am going to take this moment to do an aside because of a conversation I've had this morning that also means it is up to you to vote responsibly meaning you know who you're voting for what you're voting on and why to just blame the system and say it sucks and these people are self-serving. Yes, that is true for a great number of representatives, if not all of them, I don't know. But we put them there. Either by not choosing any opposition, not voting, or leaving them in there because we recognize their names, or not doing our due diligence. Or hey, let's face it, if we're not running, we're not we're not putting our hat in the ring. So to just criticize it and say it just got there is an abdication of our responsibility. It is promoting, complaining, blaming, shaming, guilting other people about their choices or us of our own. It promotes this whole distraction. I think with relationships and business, we can put politics also in the distraction loop. Because if all we're going to do is complain and get pissed about it, or feel powerless and victimized by it, we are only going to end up with more of what we have. That's not kindness to your country, to your country people, to yourself. It's time to do the work that is required of us as citizens, as partners, as parents as embodied beings in our relationship with our body it is time for us to do what is required so that we aren't requiring more and unnecessarily of others that's unkindness and we could all do better there it's not about blaming it's not about shame it's just recognizing hey i could kick in a little bit more and you know what if i did there'd be more kindness on the planet so maybe i'll do that maybe even if i'm having a total shit day I won't pass it on to the next person perhaps I'm not up to actually smiling and engaging and asking them how their day is but I could at least not pass it on that is totally a step that is progress that should be acknowledged and celebrated and progress makes us happy and the more that we make that our priority and that our aim the happier we will be and the sooner and quicker this flywheel and unstable positive loop of crap and distraction gets dismantled and starts to lose its steam. We all have the ability to do that. And here's the other thing. Just like a forest fire, I think I talked about this last time, you pull your twig out of the fire, it has that, you, you take out that much more fuel. And the system can dismantle, we can become untangled and start to create something new that much faster. We are the drop in the ocean but we are the ocean you have the twig it is a piece of fuel pull it out and put it into a fire that you are interested in fueling that is the power that we all have and the more that we do that and recognize our power because I will tell you this in my life in my relationship when I was the most damaging and devastating and hurtful person was when I believed nothing I did mattered Because then I was reckless and I wasn't responsible for anything because nothing I did mattered. So I sort of gave myself free license to say mean things and do unkind things and put more work in other people's laps because it didn't really matter. I was worthless. Do you see how victimization can actually be a very manipulative and devastating role to take? I was constantly feeling worthless, I felt horrible. I really believed for a long time in my life that I was worthless and nothing I did mattered. I really felt that. And if that is such a level of pain that I really thought that killing myself and taking myself out of this experience was the only way to solve it, it hurt that bad. But while I'm in that much pain, I am promoting or... I can't think of the word. It also starts with a P. Perpetuating that amount of pain. And creating pain for other people with my recklessness. With Because if I was worthless and I didn't mean anything, then nothing I did mattered, right? And so there's a, a licensure that I take. And that I can do anything and say anything that I want. And I really, to a certain extent, had myself believing that... I couldn't hurt other people either. And that's not true. And having waking up to that and from that and seeing the amount of hurt that I've caused while being in that hurtful place, yes, I have to use my own words and resist the temptation to go into a lot of guilt and a lot of shame of, holy shit, I caused a lot of hurt. And that's the last thing that I've ever wanted to do. But I did that. So now i got to clean up my act, start taking responsibility for the thoughts that I have that drive my emotions and the reactions that I have to them. And like I say, emotional maturity is a gift you give to the world. It is not being boring and not caring about anything. It's just about being aware of the thoughts that are driving the emotional reactions to it. It's of our level of how am I personalizing something that wasn't personal? That's what a lot of us are doing. And it's being aware of that. And it's also being aware of I'm hurting, but I'm not going to pass this on. I'm going to do what it takes to heal this hurt so that I don't pass it on. Now, if that sometimes requires having an uncomfortable conversation that I really would like to avoid with all of my being, but I know we have to have it, I pony up and I have it. If it is letting go and not saying that snarky thing or being curious about what happens if I just don't say anything, will I spontaneously combust? And building experiences of, wow, when I didn't say something, I didn't spontaneously combust, the resolution and reconciliation came faster than when I did insist and push. Okay, maybe that's a learning there. Okay, so now how can I expand my capacity to hold this intense emotion? And more and more that is maturing and it's the healing that comes uh, that we say, hey, you know, like I can see sometimes when I'm in a fight, pay attention to how you speak. I have happily started to move past six and eight year old. I've moved into snotty teenager. So now I know who I've got to work with right now. It's not always chronological that way. It's not always linear that way. In this particular case, it is. And I've been doing more journaling, getting in touch with that hurt teenager. And what she hates and resists and reacts to and flies off the handle fastest to, is not being listened to. What she perceives as not being listened to, not being seen. So now that I know that, I start paying attention to her. And I ask her, hey, what do you need right now? And it's weird. I'm not schizophrenic. But I am very aware that there is a fraction piece of me that's this emotionally traumatized teenager who needs attention so that I can heal, so that I no longer have to wrestle these two things. I can integrate and be whole. And then, when I'm in conflict, I actually have the entire uh, emotional wealth and experience of all of my years with me. Not necessarily behind me as being a force, but with me, so that I can use all of the wisdom that's available and then I'm not hurting, I'm not reacting because that pain pain is such a oh, it's so tender and it's it's reactive for lack of a better word, but you just you just spew things so that that trigger is disarmed because I have healed that is the magic of healing Well emotional maturity is not being boring it's it's being masterful it's actually having the entire wealth at your disposal in the moment it's really amazing and it is a gift you give the world and it is possible and it is available and the more that each of us choose to do that and say hey that's something that I'd like to have because you also benefit it's a gift you give the world you are part of the world you get the gift giving and receiving happen simultaneously so that as you give a gift you are the gift you receive the gift at the same time and this is just an entirely different way of experiencing it. I like how Claire Zamet says this in the female empowerment series we are moving through Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we are moving into self-mastery self-actualization We're going beyond just these needs met and we're actually ready to go into an entirely different level of living, a way of being, the the way that we are and respond to the world, the experience that we have. We're ready for an entire up leveling and it's happening. It's available and it's already happening. What I like to do is just help be somebody's guide to say, oh yeah, some of the process isn't actually the easiest. Here's uh, what you can do to make it easier. Like I said, using your body as an instrument of consciousness, asking empowering questions so you can get out of these loops faster, recognizing the symptoms of an upgrade so you don't react to them. You can flow with them and they actually, it's a lot smoother. Not to say 100% comfortable, but a lot easier than... Than when we react to it, and a lot less collateral damage to pick up and put together afterwards. So, this is all available to you. That's what I desire to be as a resource and a guide to help you out with that. So, how can I be that for you? I am happy to answer your questions, and I think that's a great place uh, to wrap up. So, I have had such a wonderful time. This has been such a rich and flowy. Uh, Power Hour. Love that. Love being here with you guys. So I'm happy to answer your questions. Uh, Feel free to comment, feedback, get to know each other, and I am going to do a better job of posting and engaging so that you guys actually have something to respond and engage with. So that's on me. So alright, well, I love you and I hope that you have just a splendid week uh, from now until the next Power Hour. Until then, XO. Alrighty. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm Dr. Joylyn Maniaci, and it's been a pleasure chatting with you. This podcast is made possible through listener support. So let's keep this thing going and have more real talk. No fluff, no bullshit. Go to the Happiness Clinic page on Facebook, and you can join the group Real Talk with Dr. Joylyn Maniaci. We can continue the conversation in Power Hour, the weekly group coaching, on Wednesdays at noon, Mountain Time. You can also go to to IHappenToThings.com. Go to the podcast page and support this podcast. While you're there, check out my blog and even get a badass t-shirt from the Happiness Clinic. We've got so many ways to connect. Thanks again for listening, and I invite you to join me again in the next episode.